Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with me, Paul Collis. And today we're going to do a show report on Placebo live at the Cardiff International Arena. Now it's a free it's a free truck show, so not big at all. But I think they're going to achieve a lot with the way how they've uh, lit this stage so far. I mean, it's under construction and luckily all the PA system is in the air. So what do we have PA-wise? We have two line arrays, one in its normal position, one at its 45 degree position, a little bit further back, and they've flown the subs. So, sound wide. So each uh, line array is one wide, and the main one is is 12 deep. The side uh, line array is uh, eight deep, and they've flown five subs, stage left, and then five stage right. And I believe that there are some more subs to go in position in front of the stage. They're just uh, waiting to put that into position because they're just about finished with the forklifts and putting the barriers in as well. So, lighting bar wise, they've only got two lighting bars. The uh, one, I'd say front of house one because it's just in front of the stage. And LX one which is right at the back of the stage, as in upstage and they have just got a bank of of led moving light profile units on both the uh, downstage bar and the light upstage bar they also have two side bars going from stage left uh, from going from downstage to upstage with four led uh, profiles on there but they actually got a led screen in between each light so and when I say screen, it's not really a screen, it's a panel. I say a panel. It's two, it's three panels deep and one panel wide. So LED, I'd say LED screen strips. And that also is on the uh, upstage bars. Or in fact, there's actually, uh, that I would consider that be another uh, lighting bar. So three lighting bars actually. Um, so one that's even further upstage with yet again, a LED panel which is the same height and dimensions as the ones on the side of the stage and they've got two LED, uh, two LED profile units in the gaps in between each pan- LED screen panel. They also have vertical LED battens uh, on each of these trusses. The side ones pointing into the stage and the upstage and downstage bars have uh, have them pointing into the audience so a lot that they could do and I believe they've also got some pa- uh, some booms down on the floor of the stage in between each LED screen panel so you've got on these booms a uh, profile unit sat on the on top of each uh, boom and you have three LED strobe floods as well and those are circling the stage so you've got Four up, uh, four on, four upstage underneath the uh, lighting bar, and you have two stage left and two stage right. There may be more units uh, being added to the floor, but we shall find out soon enough. We'll be back after this. So not only does Master X Media have a series of podcasts. We also have a series of books. The first book is actually two books. It's volume one and volume two of a tribute to working at sea. 
The best fiction is based on truth. This is a compilation of short stories, rants and poems loosely based on the author's experience at working on a cruise ship. Some of these stories are based on actual events but highly exaggerated, whilst other stories are pure fiction. The title of the book, A Tribute To, is fitting with the tone of the book because, like a tribute act, it is a blatant altered reality where you can enjoy it knowing it's not quite the truth. There are things of alcoholism which used to be highly prevalent within workers in the cruise industry as well as stories with a sexual nature. So sit down, relax and enjoy the ride of A Tribute to Working at Sea Volumes 1 and 2. All of these books are available on Amazon and are available in paperback and on Kindle and the links for all of these books are in the description below. And we're back. Now you have to forgive uh, that pink noise in the background uh, as they are starting to test the sound system as I uh, do this piece. So, Placebo are a British rock band formed in London in 1994 by vocalist guitarist Brian Molko and bassist guitarist Stefan Olsdell, drummer Robert Schultzberg and joined in, and he joined in uh, late 1994 but he left in 1996 shortly after the release of the band's eponymous debut album due to conflicts with Molko and was replaced the same year by Steve Hewitt. Following the release of a demo, a split single and their eponymous debut album, Placebo gained exposure in 1997 after the single Nancy Boy became popular in the UK, a song notorious at the time for its gender-bending content. The, the band stood out amongst the Britpop scene and were associated with at the time with their androgynous appearance and musical content and lyrics which openly discussed, se discussed sexuality, mental health and drug use. Hewitt left Placebo in 2007 due to personal and musical differences. He was replaced the following year by Steve Forrest. Placebo have collaborated with various artists over the years, including David Bowie, Justin Warfield, Michael Stripe and Alison Mossart. To date, Placebo have released eight studio albums, all of which have reached the top 20 in the United Kingdom and have sold around 11 million records worldwide. Placebo's founders, Brian Malko and Stephen Olsdale, had both attended the American International School of Luxembourg. Although they did not interact at the time as they were part of different social circles, the two met by chance in 1994 in London, England at the time. Olsdale was taking guitar lessons and was on his way home when he met Malko at the South Kensington tube station. Malko, observing that Olsdale had a guitar strapped to his back, invited Olsdale to watch him perform at a local gig. On the strength of Malko's performance, Olsdale decided that they should start a band. The two formed as Ashtray Hart, named after the Captain Beefheart song and the song of the same name. Malko, however, denied that in 2009 that Ashtray Hearts was the first name of the band, dismissing this as a rumour and claiming that the band had more names initially. Originally, the two were unable to decide on a drummer. They played for a while with Steve Hewitt, a friend of Malko, but Hewitt had prior commitments to local band Breed. Robert Schultzberg assumed the position for a drummer in late 1994. The band eventually chose the name Placebo due to its meaning in Latin, I shall please. Malka has frequently stated in interviews that the name is rejoiner to the 1990s cliche of naming one's band after a drug. In, in, in an interview, Malko stated, It's a complex question to answer, really. As musicians, you try to find a name for your band that represents you, and you never really do. Because basically, names for bands lose their meaning after a while. They become a series of sounds that you associate with people in music. 
the most important thing for a name is that you can imagine 40,000 people screaming it in unison. Placebo's music has typically been labelled as alternative rock. They have, however, also incorporated different sounds into the music throughout their career. Critics have also described the band's sound as pop-punk, industrial rock, Britpop, glam rock, gothic rock, electronic rock, post-punk revival and experimental rock. Progressive rock elements in the band's earlier work along with grunge and punk rock influences were also noted. Placebo's influences include David Bowie, Can, Iggy Pop and The Stooges, Sonic Youth, The Cure, Pixies, Nirvana, The Smiths, PJ Harvey, The Petchy Mode and Nine Inch Nails. Lyrically, Placebo's music contains many references to drugs and sexuality. The title of the song Special K for instance is slang for ketamine. Malco has been open about his use of recreational drugs. In a 1997 interview in Kerrang! magazine, he admitted that heroin was probably the only drug on the planet I haven't tried. However, he later admitted to using heroin as well. Pharmaceutical drugs are also referenced as evidenced by the band's name as well as the album Meds and its title track. Molko admitted in 2003 that many of his initial excesses were due to his mental issues. He was officially diagnosed with major depressive disorder in his late 20s. The singer claimed in 2016 that he gave up drugs completely after recording and release of Meds. Outsider themes are also explored as evidenced in lyrics such as The back of the class is where I'm from, on one of a kind, and I'm forever black-eyed, a, a product of broken home in black-eyed. Molko has been quoted as calling the band for outsiders by outsiders. Right, so the current members of Placebo are Brian Molko and Stefan Olsdale. And their current touring musicians are Bill Lloyd on guitar, bass and keyboard, Nick Gravelock on keyboards, guitar, lap steel guitar, backing vocals, Matt Nunn on drabs and percussion, and Angela Chan on violin, keyboards, percussion and backing vocals. And former members are Steve Hewitt, Rob Schulzberg and Steve Forrest. And former touring uh, musicians are Xavier Rode who was on keyboard and backing vocals, Alex Lee on keyboard, guitar and backing vocals and Fiona Bruce on violin, keyboard, Thurman, percussion and backing vocals. And their discography is Placebo in 1996, with Without You I'm Nothing in 1998, Black Market Music in 2000, Sleeping With Ghosts in 2003, Meds in 2006, Battle for the Sun in 2009, Loud Like Love in 2013 and this year's Never Let Me Go. Well now we've had a little bit about Placebo, we're going to come back after this little break and go over their uh, supporting artists, Cruel Heart Clubs. We'll be back after this. The War Carnarvon Crescent by Paul Collis from Muster X Major. When a neighbourhood dispute explodes into an all-out war. So Chaz Bruford, his wife Ellie and their young daughter Aurora move into Carnarvon Crescent. They soon become aware of the troublesome next-door neighbour who makes a point of living in her house for over 50 years. From the moment Chaz arrived and began to unload, his new neighbour takes an instant disliking to him and she goes out of her way to make Chaz and his family feel unwelcome. The aminosity quickly spirals out of control from both parties and the mutual respect gets lowered right into the gutter from the outset. Chaz comes to realise that this is not just any war, it is a neighbourhood war to end all wars. This book is available to buy on Amazon and this book is available on hardback, paperback and Kindle. 
This book is pure fiction and should not be used as a user manual. And we're back. So my usual sources of information on uh, supporting artists, I couldn't find anything much about Cruel Hearts Clubs. So I went directly to their website. And this is the spiel on their about tab. By night, the Cruel Hearts Club will be found tearing through sets full of punk, rock attitude and grunge dynamics. Their songs and gritty glam aesthetic fueled by double shots of romantic decadence by morning, however, the trio are three mums who make the joys and challenges of family life their number one priority, like countless others all over the country. It's not a lifestyle that's common amongst the, amongst new bands, but it's an approach that gets to the fundamental heart of rock and roll. Do whatever the fuck you need to do to fulfil your creative needs, and don't let anyone else's opinions or stereotypes dissuade you. The raw power of Cruel Hearts Club music speaks for itself, earning early Tastemaster acclaim alongside airplay from Radio 1 and Radio X. They have already supported an eclectic array of big names ranging from Iggy Pop to Sting via the Libertines and James, and their debut EP Trash Love has everything it takes for the club's membership to swirl. The EP's lead single, Sink This Low, is the perfect introduction, commanding your attention with its vitriolic distillers meets bikini kill attack. The track boasts a barbed bubblegum pop hook from Sisters Eddie, vocalist and guitar, and Geeta Lang Langley on vocals, guitar, bass and synths, with a T-Rex stomp and bluesy undercurrent. The track and the Trash Love EP were recorded during hasty and headsonic sessions at the Albion Rooms Margates with producer Cole Barrett. The rest of the Trash Love EP keeps the intensity at fever pitch. Anal is every bit as feral as its title suggests, but with talked disco beats from drummer Gabby Wu and sweeping cinematic strings infusing the bite with beauty. There's a more reflective tone to the power pop stylings of Dirty Rotty, Rotten Scum, a song that feels very close to our lives, with a little glitter on top. They cap the EP with the emotionally charged single take performance of Where Has the Summer Gone, an ode to a troubled friend who is no longer with them. The EP's live wire energy reflects the band's passion for a visceral, inhibited music that's an extension to who they are, but it's also the product of circumstance. With seven children between the three band members, Cruel Hearts Club schedule their band activity around the needs of their families, making them work faster and more intensely than their contemporaries. That's how the studio track on the EP were recorded, st starting with Dirty Rotten Scum, completed the day before the UK's first lockdown. Each one was recorded in a single day with Eddie and Carl then taking a few more hours to add the finishing touches. Operating on their own terms, it's unsurprising that the Cruel Hearts Club have unusual roots. The elder of the two sisters, Gita, grew up on, the commune in, on a commune in Norfolk, but the family has relocated to a more conventional life in Derbyshire by the time Eddie was born or as conventional as, as a 10 person family supported by a ocarina craftsman can be expect can expected to be. Their first real exposure to music came from their older siblings who would play classic records from, from the likes of the Beatles and ABBA but Eddie and Geeta took their own path in their teens delving into the ragged riffs and the rebellion rush of Hole, Nirvana and especially the, dist the distillers Broody Dow is my girl crush hero, confesses Eddie. 
The pair were both classically trained, with Gita particularly excelling as she went on to study violin at the Royal Academy of Music. Eddie prioritised singing and also headed to London, instead taking the time-honoured approach of trying to blag jobs and form bands with like-minded characters. In the years that followed, whether individually or together, the sisters collaborated with the likes of Muse, The Streets and Lou Reed, the latter of which sparked a hint of jealousy from Cole who happened to be in the audience long before he met the Cool Hearts Club. But the appeal of firing up the amps and channeling their talents into something more visceral was irresistible leading in to form Cool Hearts Club in 2019 with pianist turned drummer Gabby Wu. Introduced by a mutual friend, the Langleys immediately hit it off with Gabby, who Eddie describes as a bizarre, wonderful character. She got an Australian accent even though she's not Australian. Since joining the band, Gabby had three newborn babies in quick succession, not that it held her back. Even when heavily pregnant, she was still committed to a 13-hour drive to the south of France for their first show as guest to Sting and they made quite the impression. Sting has been a fan favourite ever since and has enlisted them as special guests for his six night residency at the London Palladium next year. They found that most managers and labels have wanted to control the destiny, pushing them in directions we're not willing to go in because our kids are our priority and we know what we want. One of which was putting them on the conveyor built of endless co-writing sessions with unusual names. Instead, the hearts took the root of creative and practical independence, releasing early singles Hey Comrade and Dirty Rotten Scum while building their own cottage industry alongside trusted collaborators Ed Harcourt. It proves that motherhood doesn't have to be the end of ambition, especially in the context of music. I know of women in bands that are mothers, but they're usually the ones that were famous from before having a baby, explains Eddie. I'm proud that I'll be able to talk to my kids. It doesn't mean that you're too old or that you've missed your chance. It's important that we are all allowed to express ourselves musically. In the short term, Cool Hearts Club are readying a new conceptual video for Animal that features Izzy Phillips from Black Honey and Sarah Lee Shaw of the Pearl Hearts. They are also eager to embark on the first full nationwide headline tour. Eddie and Cole are also appearing in the music venue Justin's in, Margaret, in Margate, having the Bohemian seaside town a place for new artists to flourish. Longer term, says Eddie, Cool Hearts Club feels raw and intense. I want to take the band as far as we can. It feels authentic to who we are. And at that, I'm, ve I'm very much looking forward to hearing Cool Hearts Club tonight. We'll be back after this. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Master X Media presents Lord of the Memes, Bad Dog, Farmer Frank's Filthy Fucking Farm, and Bonnie Bouncing Baby Bastards. All three of these books are meme books, and they come up with some pretty brutal and hilarious memes, which are definitely not for children or the easily offended. These are ideal gifts for Secret Santa, Father's Day, or even birthday presents for the fun loving man so why not take a chance and make his day when he gets to read a lot of the memes meme book all three books are available on kindle hardback and paperback on amazon and we're back so cool hearts club 
the house lights went down and the stage was backlit with a Congo blue wash. Then the LX2 profiles lit up the downstage centre area of the stage with with uh, backlit uh, white lights and gobo breakups. And that was the same lighting state throughout the entirety of their set. Why was it lit like that? Well, they were rooted to that downstage at centre spot because you had the uh, band risers directly behind them for the various uh, components of placebo. So they didn't have much space. And because of the uh, limited lighting uh, rig for placebo, they didn't have much to play around with without giving away all the specials for placebo. So they just were given a standard wash and some pretty looking go breakups in white to illuminate them and that was it and it still looked good though and you could see all three of the girls from cool hearts club perfectly they were perfectly lit and never in any shade their faces were constantly seen now sound wise there was a little bit of a wobble at the start with some feedback in the first song but that was soon brought under control the feedback was created because the guitar amps were not DI'd into this PA system and what does DI mean? Direct interface so uh, a lot of guitar amps have the ability to uh, have the line out and send the line into the uh, PA system direct whereas other amps don't have that facility so you have to put a microphone in front of that speaker and then send that to the PA system via the sound desk now why did it feed back well you had not far in front of the guitar's amplifier which was mic'd up which was mic'd up as i just said but you had the uh, stage monitors very close to it because of the confined space and the sound from that monitor went into the microphone which then basically fed back and caused no surprise here the feedback and it got brought under control because the uh, monitor uh, the monitor engineer pulled down the volume from the monitors and the front of house technician had uh, had at the same time pulled a little bit down on the main mix as well which then cured the feedback issues and as I said it was wrestled under control very very quickly and by the end of that first song there was no more hint, not even a hint of feedback for the rest of their performance, which is good. It's just unfortunate that when uh, you're not used to a venue, it just takes a little bit of time to work out because you don't know how loud the monitors need to be because you can't guarantee on what it's going to sound like when the arena is full of uh, people if you've never operated sound in this arena because Unlike a lot of other arenas, this one was designed to be a conference centre and acoustics was not on the first thought of the agenda. That is why it is difficult to do sound in this arena, but once you've got it, you know exactly, you know that it's going to sound really nice if you are indeed an excellent sound engineer. Anyways, I digress. So they didn't have any uh, VT because the VT belonged to Placebo on the uh, small section of screen panels uh, and they were all blacked out so we'll go straight on to their uh, performance. So I thought that for an emerging band 
The girls of uh, Cruel Hearts Club did really well. They had a lot of stage presence, you know, bouncing up and down whilst they're uh, whilst they're playing their guitars and what and whatnot. They had a very great vocal performance and a strong vocal performance, I must add as well. And yeah, they definitely could play those instruments really well. Masters of their instruments, they were, or should I say, mistresses of their instruments. Grammatically, that would be more correct. But masters of their instruments, we'll just go with that. Let's not semantics it sounds better as masters of their instruments anyways before I carry on digging myself a hole um, their original songs were catchy and even their cover version of all the things she said was was good and unique and stood out really well they had a click track for the missing instruments which to be fair when you're starting out band and you can't exactly afford to have session musicians or uh, touring musicians to come with you you're going to have to have a click track it, there's no other way ar- around doing it but even with the click track it sounded amazing their click track was definitely well produced and you you wouldn't even notice that it was a click track you, you wouldn't it was mixed front of house that well really well I do feel like the Cool Hearts Club get bigger and I do believe they will get bigger that they'll be able to have the budget to have the session musicians and even headline their own stage in an arena one day I'm sure it will happen one day probably soon actually because they are really really good give them another album to two albums worth of worth of worth of songs and I guarantee you they will be able to fill out some smaller arenas to even medium sized arenas like the uh, Cardiff International Arena I would put money on it I feel like we would also categorise, I don't like to do this but I would cl- I would classify Cool Hearts Club more as modern grunge maybe You know, if such a thing exists they definitely were a bit grungy and a bit post punk in their uh, sound in my opinion and they also stand out as a unique band because I don't think anyone else has got anywhere near close to their sound they definitely have a unique sound about them and I and I definitely definitely would love to hear a lot more of uh, Cool Hearts Club and that's why I found myself taking my phone out of my pocket and during their performance going through their socials and hitting follow because I do believe that they are going to get bigger and I like their music I really did like their music and so did the audience because because they were at the supporting artists you had people still coming in through their set and during this and during the set the applause and cheering got louder and louder as more people got in there which you don't really see that often especially when you've got a unheard of uh, supporting act and with Cool Hearts Club they were getting the support of the audience and the and definitely definitely having the enjoyment of the audience and being on their side Cool Hearts Club could do no wrong with that with that performance they could do no wrong at all and I do believe that we will see them again I'm not sure when, but I do believe that Cool Hearts Club will be on this stage 
in this arena at some point soon. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please hit like, subscribe and share. And if you haven't already done so, you want to check out more content from Master X Media by clicking the link in the description below. And we shall catch you next time. Bye for now. Anthology of Rage by Paul Collis from Master X Media. Anthology of Rage is split into four distinct sections. Each section was originally supposed to become a book in their own rights, but unfortunately the author never got round to finishing each project. He did feel though that these pieces of work were too good just to be forgotten about on his hard drive and decided to put them all together in this anthology. Section 1 is a continuation of a tribute to Working at Sea, which with the last seven short stories written from the collection that didn't quite make volume 1 and 2, but were too good to be left unpublished. Section 2 Not quite short stories, but more rants that could be seen to be short stories about Christmas. Section 3 Monologues from the twisted mind of the author. And Section 4 are poems based on the life experiences of the author. So a nice little eclectic mix of short stories and poems. Very interesting read. And if you like anger, this is a book for you. This book is available on paperback, hardback, and ebook format on Amazon. And we're back. So, 10 minutes prior to the top of the show, the lights went down and a VZ came on onto the sections of screens that were surrounding the stage. And it was a recording from Placebo with their with some interesting bluish grey glitches of, of the band themselves. And the message, which was also uh, plastered on, on signs around the whole arena, was this. Dear Placebo fans, we'd like we would like to kindly ask you not to spend the concert filming or taking photos with your mobile phones. It makes Placebo's performance so much more difficult, more difficult to connect with you and to communicate effectively the emotions of the songs. It is also disrespectful to your fellow concert goers who want to watch the show, not, not the back of your phone. Please be here and now in the present and enjoy the moments because this exact moment will never happen again. Our purpose is to create communication and transcendence. Please help us in our mission with respect and love, peace, Brian and Stefan. And to be honest, they had every right to say that because as I've noticed over the years, as phones have got bigger and uh, cameras are getting better, You've got people just watching the performance live through their phones because they're recording the stage. And it's like, are you for real? How can you enjoy a show like that? And to be honest, when when you're looking out from a stage in a dark room and all you're seeing is the glow of mobile phone screens, it does get a bit distracting. It's not, and, to, and in my opinion, it's not fa- only fair on the band, but it's also, as they, as Placebo stated, not fair on uh, anyone else that wants to watch the show. And they don't want to watch the show through someone else's phone. So well done, Placebo. That's a bold move. A lot of people these days wouldn't have the cheddar to say not to do that. And just like Florence and the Machine as well. Uh, it was largely it was largely respected right so now we've uh, gone through that the light so once that message had finished 
the lights came back up again so people were just waiting for the show and for largely for most of that show you saw maybe one maybe two uh, screens out there and if they got seen by security the security were instructed to tell people to put their phones away so a lot of people pretty much everyone respected placebo's wishes and that was great it was great to see that anyways so the lights went down for a second time with the led screen sections with their glitch effect and there was a nice little bit of backlight coming into the audience as well and the boom lights the uh, moving lights on top of the booms that surrounded the stage which were in the gaps of the uh, in between the screen sections they were scanning into the audience and then placebo appeared on stage and began to play and from start to finish so for me there wasn't that much intricate lighting and there is a reason for that the screens outshone their profile units I've said this a few times uh, during since I've started this podcast sometimes kit does outshine other kits so you when that happens you can't be intricate you can't use all these gobo breakups because you just wouldn't be able to see it because the screens are that bright they had uh, some bits and pieces that uh, when the screens weren't used and that's where you had a bit of intricate lighting and a bit of bits of isolation and whatnot but predominantly it was mainly washers with a lot of flash and trash uh, included for extra effect now some people get very snobby on uh, flash and trash they're like oh yeah it's flash and trash anyone can do that but I'm not a snob I actually believe that there is a time and a place for flash and trash and uh, this show works really well with it so it wasn't throughout they just flashed a living out of the units that they had in the parts of the songs and on specific songs that warranted it it wasn't constant it was but it was warranted when it was used like that and yeah it did look good although as as I was saying before the brightness of those AD screens, yeah, it just, it did rob a little bit from the lighting designer in my personal opinion, but when you're using new technology like that with some older technology, you're just gonna, you're just gonna come across that problem. In this day and age, it is very hard to find technology to match the uh, brightness of other pieces of technology, because I feel like it's like the Wild West, uh, before there's been any kind of standardization since the dawn of LED fixtures. Some are, some will be brighter than others. And then when you've got the screens which are real mega bright as well. So in the future I think there'll be a lot more balance. It's just working it out as technology constantly yet moves onwards and gets better and brighter as time goes on with newer and newer units. But then again I digress. From start to finish the lighting did look good and there were some impressive sequences in there as well but i think personally visually the screens were the bits that made the show and the reason for that is you had multiple cameras in front of the stage in the pit and they had a nice mix of the different camera angles on these screens and then married up with the glitch effects that they put on top of it as well as 
doing some color effects as well as doing some other water puddle kind of filters on top it just brought a different aspect to the show and they obviously designed the specific glitches and different filter effects to go over specific songs to aid with the mood of the piece and it looked really impressive it really looked impressive so I say this a lot as well less is more and by doing less is more it actually it looked really impressive you know LED panel light LED panel light LED panel light and then you like and it being layered like layered up like that so that's how you can do a lot more with the less with a, the least amount of kit and it's not often that you see uh, a vision with uh, having small sections of screens where in theory they could have just had one large screen at the back of the uh, stage which it would have worked just as good but who wants just as good this looked unique and it was done and planned and executed perfectly absolutely perfectly now sound wise we had a lovely bit of 22 carats gold standard for the clarity. You could hear every aspect of placebo, all their instruments and the vocals perfectly. It's a perfectly balanced sound to the entire show. They didn't need too much power in the rig. The speakers, as I said, the speakers in the line array were um, well, it was a smaller setup for the line arrays because it wasn't needed. They had a nice volume, a nice working volume, and when you got closer to the pit, you could feel the subharmonics in the bass uh, right through your chest cavity. Uh, and I would put money on it because I, in fact, I know uh, this to be true. I used to have a lovely bass processor with a real lovely, massive. Uh, home PA system, I say home PA system, it's at the mech really. Uh, I used to get a load of noise complaints from the neighbours uh, and not be able to have the sound system up past 15% because they just freak out because of the bass. And the bass processor that I had on that, listening to a placebo song, you could actually feel, you could feel the bass, which adds into the experience of feeling the emotions that they're putting into their songs as well because you could feel it and that's the best way I could describe it to be honest and that's the best way I could describe it to be honest and I don't know how I could articulate that in any other way now how did the audience receive placebo well they loved them they loved them there was a lot of passion from placebo playing but there was just as much passion from everyone in that crowd they were right into the performance they were feeling the performance and it was great that there was barely any phones in there because everyone was feeding into this into this once in a blue moon experience and not only were people singing and dancing along but you could feel that they were understanding the music and understanding the lyrics and relating that to their real life there and then in the moment there was such a lively 
atmosphere in that arena tonight. There really was a great feeling of the crowd, just a massive vibe of energy. And that vibe of energy was feeding Placebo, who was then feeding that energy back to the audience. It was definitely, definitely a mutual, beneficial enjoyment from both band and audience. And this is where you get absolute value for money, if especially, especially if you're a placebo super fan. This show is not to be missed by anyone that loves the band, because if you did miss out, then you will and truly have missed out on such a great experience. And since phones were respectfully asked to be put away, there will be not many photos or videos released and if you're lucky there may be a tour dvd released after the tour and if there is you and you didn't get to see the show buy that dvd or blu-ray whichever whichever format they release it in because it is definitely worth that just so you can feed into what everyone else experienced and you cannot go wrong if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please hit like, subscribe and share. And if you haven't already done so, want to check out more content from Master X Media by clicking the link in the description below. And we shall catch you next time. Bye for now.